Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basile. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I want to thank all of you for tuning us in and turning us on as many times as you have. Uh, I want to thank all of you for an outstanding, record-breaking listener show the other day. In all the years we've been doing this, we have never had a situation where we've had over 100 people calling into the show that did not get in. And how do I know that? Well, all of those overflows go to our telephone system. And I want to thank you. It, is, uh, it was actually a little record-breaking show uh, for a one-hour show. And I want to tell all of you out there, at any point in time, if you have a question for us or if you'd like to call in to today's show, you can do that very easily. We have a call-in number right here, and uh, we'll give that to you in a minute. The other thing I want to say is anytime you have a question and you cannot call in, you can go to the drpatshow.com or you could go to transformationtalkradio.com. And on the right-hand side... It says, ask your question. So we have an incredible show for you today. Uh, and and it's, it, it's, it's actually given me um, quite a few things to think about. My very special guest is uh, joining me here today as someone beyond being a best-selling author, someone that writes about some of the most life-changing stories um, that I've ever had come across my desk. And, you know, the, the, the folks, the people that actually connected us with him, uh, longtime friend Donna Gould, one of the first people actually that ever sent me an author uh, to interview on the Dr. Pat Show in 2003. But I want to say... You know, we're going to get to have a conversation with Larry Smith today. Now, who is Larry Smith? Beyond being a best-selling author, you know, he is also the founding editor of Smith Magazine. But ask yourself the question, how does someone's life journey take the path that Larry's has taken? And why was it that he decided to capture so brilliantly these precious moments that each of us have in our lives and capture it so beautifully in a book called The Moment. Have you ever had a moment in your life that was life-changing, transformative, you know, where maybe you had a nanosecond, if even that, to make a decision? You know, there's a movie out there that was done a number of years ago with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, and it's called Sliding Door. Uh, And it shows... What happens when she gets on a train or doesn't get on a train and how life-changing things are? But today, I get to have a conversation with Larry about these moments, about why they're so important for all of us to pay attention to. And do we even recognize we're having them? Larry, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Oh, thank you, Dr. Pat, for that lovely introduction. Life-changing moments, you know, the book, The Moment, I mean, and let me congratulate you on the many, many things that you've done, but especially on this book, um, to capture these moments, moments that most of us forget that we even have. You know, what was it for you that called you to write a book 
um, about these moments, whether they're wild, point, poignant, life-changing, or otherwise, you know, what was it about your own personal life that said it's time to capture these now? You know, it's a, it's a really interesting question, and the answer is a combination of my own personal life and really what the storytelling community that I started, and from there, they just took it and ran with it. You know, you put something out there in the world, and if if it's a community project, which so many great projects are, um, the community will, will run with it. And you, if you love where they run, you run with them. And I really believe that origin stories for all of us in our personal lives and our business origin stories are really important. And, you know, my origin story starts with starting Smith Magazine, an online storytelling community for all personal narratives of people famous and obscure, and mainly obscure. Most people have never you know, been written a book or, or wrote right. a letter to the editor even. And in 2003, I was a journalist. I was on what I call the fancy magazine path. I worked at Men's Journal and ESPN, and it was an absolutely great life. You know, it, was, it wasn't digging ditches. It was a good, lucky life. And uh, I left that to try to start the storytelling community. And, and why, did I, why did storytelling matter so much? Well, my grandfather was a great storyteller. He is a small-town pharmacist in South New Jersey. And, you know, the, in the kind of way that you just know everyone in your community, it's just a little bit of a lost thing these days. Not everyone. I, I'm but, actually but, from Jersey, so I get exactly what you're saying there, Larry. You know, a little town called Maple Shade, a tiny town, you know, one McDonald's, two gas stations, one Acme, <laughs> one pharmacy. They call it the pharmacy. It's still there. I visited it the other day. I was, you know, I haven't been there in years. And he's, he's passed away for a while now. And he knew everyone's story. And when we'd go down the Atlantic City boardwalk, where his favorite place in the world, he would just run into people from pharmacy school and grade school and from his synagogue. And he just was a storyteller. And I realized something. I'm a journalist, right? All you do is ask questions. I didn't really know his own story that well. That was a real epic fail on my part. So one day I said to him, everyone called him Smitty. His name was Morris Smith. I said, Smitty, what's your story? I mean, I know the basics. You came over from Russia. You, you lived in Philly. You started this story. But like, what is your story? And he said to me something fascinating. Oh, my story? Oh, who, who would want to know that? That's not interesting. <laughs> and so that was a real light bulb moment. And the, the next moment came when I said, well, you know what, Smitty? I have this new video camera. I just want to test it for a couple minutes. Just tell me a little bit about coming to America. And two and a half hours later, he stopped talking. <laughs> So what was the moment? The moment was everyone has a story. Of course they do, right? right? You just have to remember to ask. And asking is what we do at Smith Magazine. And asking is what I hope people do, whether they read the moment book or not. They ask at the dinner table, what is your story? They ask when they meet strangers. When they ask, you know, when, you're, when you go to a funeral, you hear the life story. But let's ask those questions earlier. Let's ask them now. I love this because it really made me think, Larry, of, of those situations. And you're right. You know, why not ask people? I mean, I get to do it for a living, which is a story in itself. For sure. Um, but I had some opportunities because of the nature of what I do. I have the opportunity. And I remember being in Hawaii uh, at a very dear friend's mom's, um, uh, you know, the retirement home there. And um, her brother, the mom's brother, came in. Now, these are people that were in and on Honolulu during the attack of Pearl Harbor, right? Wow, yeah. I remember sitting around the table. Everybody's so polite. And I, I just looked at this guy, and I knew that there was something to ask him. And very inappropriately, because this was a very proper family, very inappropriately, I said, 
What was it like for all of you here, right? Because they were in their 90s. What was it like for all of you here uh, on the day that Pearl Harbor was hit? And I remember asking that question, and that's why I love your book. That's why I, I love that you are inviting so many people to share their stories. Because, Larry, don't you think that each and every one of us wants to be witnessed? We do. And, and whether we feel sort of shy and sheepish, well, my story, you know, who, who would want to know? I think we all do want to be witnessed. And, you know, in this book, you know, I wonder even if there's 125 stories in the book, and some are by famous people, and some, most are by not, not. And would even most of these stories, would, you know, would they tell, would they repeat it at someone's funeral? You know, maybe not because these are small slivers of life. But, when you when you ask someone a story, when they tell you the story, it is kind of this it's this therapeutic gift. And you know, by no means did I leave magazines to start uh, something that became kind of you know a therapeutic gift. I started something because I thought, well, uh, more people are going to be writing on the web, and we're all storytellers. And in 2003, and when I finally launched the site in 2006. Uh, the tools to tell stories were, were there. You know, it's easy to post a photograph to the web and write a caption. It's easy to do a blog. It's easy to set up what I set up on Smith. And, and it's not very techie. It's, what's great about this is that it's just so easy to, to, to share a story and, and then share it with your friends. But we, we have the tools to do what we always wanted to do, tell stories around a fire from, you know, the caveman days, you know, hieroglyphics, uh, you know, tell stories at a barbecue. When you, do you remember the food at a wedding? No, you remember the stories, you remember the toasts. And, and so what I'm hoping I've created is a, is a barbecue. And I'm not created a cocktail party where no one can come in unless you're on the list, right? It's a barbecue. Come on in, you know, meet some people, repeat some stories, share some stories. And when you can put them on the web, they're just much easier to share. And a shared story, I think, makes the world a little richer than a story that just stays inside you or you just tell it to one or two people well you know and one of the other things that you capture is the six word moments right, right. And, these and six the, word moments see, so are very we, cool we, we did something kind of sneaky so before <laughs> the, the moment project launched on the web on the site about a year and a half ago and, and I you know what, what I do on Smith Magazine is we put up story prompts and if they really work we then make books out of you know sort of collections and I don't want to say the best of them because it's a selection it's a, it's a, you try to create kind of a round type of book with different types of stories and in the moment book we probably had four or five wonderful stories about um, dealing with you know cancer issues and health problems but but there are two or three in the book because you just want to have a mix of things and uh, the most popular uh, project we ever started which was about five years ago was called the six word memoir project can you tell your life story in just six words and that just became this huge hit and and really a, a global phenomenon that's taught in classrooms and people use it in businesses to sort of get to their mission statement. And when it worked so well, and we've done five books of, of these six-word memoirs, I thought, well, now that we're doing the moment book, let's sneak in a few six-word memoirs. So every once in a while when you're reading maybe a moment about something that happened in someone's a classroom, they're in third grade and the teacher did something, we have a little sidebar, which is like, oh, six-word moments about, about uh, being in a classroom or uh, we have a lot lot of interesting six-word moments from teenagers about things like first kisses. Well, don't you really think that, you know, <clears throat> right now in, in, in our culture, I would imagine that there are a lot of people out there that can talk to you about six-word moments or moments in general. What have been some of the most gut, gut-wrenching stories that you've captured in this book? 
Now, gut-wrenching is a very good question. I'm going to tell you a story. No, it is, because uh, gut, cause there's, there's some, some of them are gut-wrenching in such a subtle way, they're almost more gut-wrenching. Yeah. I'm going to tell you sto- two stories, and they both have happy endings, but it doesn't seem that way, not to give it away. Uh, and, it's re- and, and the process, the experience of reading the book, and you can flip through the book, most stories are 500 words, 700 words, some are a little longer, some are a little shorter, is not unlike the experience of me looking on the site and being like, oh, a new one came in, let's read it. And, you know, we did a little bit of editing, but very little. Like, you can see the, the voices, are, the styles are diverse. I didn't want to just put it through a grinder and make it like one voice, which unfortunately a lot of books and media do. And so it, it's a lot of different voices. And so now so I'm, I open up a file um, on, the, on Smith like the way anyone can. And it's, uh, I forget what the woman uh, called the piece on the site, but we called it photo finish in the, in the book. Maybe she did that as well. And so I'm reading it, and the story is this. She, this woman has uh, gone to pick up her photos at like a CVS pharmacy or a photo mat, the way you kind of used to when you, you know, had print photos. Yeah. Missed that a little bit. Yeah. And yeah, it's her, her husband's roll of film, and she's just in the car. You know, you can't, you can never wait till you get home. You open up the film right there. You always do. And and I'm thinking, okay, well, what's going to happen here? She's going to see something like a, a photo of a woman, and it's going to be some kind of affair thing. There's going to be some twist and turn here to lead to a moment. But that's not it. It's what she doesn't see. She's looking through photos, and she sees photos of uh, their kids and photos of uh, scenes from his office and, and his parents. But there's no photos of her. She's literally not in the picture. She's not part of her husband's story. And at that moment, she writes, I knew what she knew, probably in her gut, but hadn't come to terms with, she wasn't part of her husband's life. And that was the moment she decided to get a divorce. And, wow. and the happy ending is this. Well, one, coming to terms with something is, is, is important, whether it's you know, a, a tricky outcome or not, is that she says that she then went and uh, got like, professional photos taken of her. She said, I wasn't at my perfect weight or anything like that, but you know what? I went and got some professional photos taken to then go put on a dating site. <laughs> so that's a, that's a, that's kind of a you know an interesting twist, and, and I just love this. Her name is Kimberly Rose, and she just found the site. Maybe she heard me on a radio show a couple years ago talking about six word memoirs. Maybe she saw it on Facebook. Maybe a friend was on Smith Magazine, and she just came and she's like, you know what? I got a moment, and she put it up there, and it's in the book, and now we're talking about it on your show, and that's really what I love about what we do, and that happens all the time. I love it too, you, and. And I, I want to just tell people uh, really quickly that they can go to your website and, you know, you're collecting these moments from people. And I think that's beautiful. Um, we are. For, and we hope to, you know, 125 is just the, the amount of moments we could fit in the first book. And I hope we yeah. make, you know, many more books because the worst part, the best and worst part is, is picking. And I, to, to, to so many great stories that just didn't make it in just because we had something like that already or it was too long or something. And, and I just hate, I just hate saying, oh, I'm sorry, your, your, your story wasn't in our book because they're on the site and they look good on the site, you know, but, but um, you know, it, 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 it's a cool thing to be in the book. It is a cool thing to be in the book. I mean, and, you know, for most people, um, you get to pick this book up and, and read these stories. And I love that they, they're short, they're right to the point, and they're very, very powerful. You know, they're powerful in a lot of, you know, a lot of different ways. 
Um, what it's, do you it's, think? It's an emotional. It is a weirdly emotional roller coaster to read the book, and we we tried to create. We don't have like sections like these are about kisses and these are about health, but there is a <laughs> sneaky flow which I hope worked because yeah, you know, just I had printed literally all the stories and put them on the floor and just moved them around because it was easier than than doing it electronically. Just trying to find what I felt was. Let's just say you were reading it in a row, which no one does. You know, I felt sort of. T- sort of told the story and the book opens up with a piece um, with a, a, a female firefighter in her, not her first fire, but her first really scary fire and the piece is called Flash and 124 stories later it ends in a piece called Tomorrowland and it's just a beautiful piece uh, by a woman named Rebecca Wolf who writes about taking her son to Disneyland the night before she's going, the day before she's taking him to her first day at kindergarten and so between uh, a blazing fire and the first day of kindergarten is just 123 really interesting takes on moments that change people's lives. What was your what's your six mo- uh, what, what's your six word memoir? My six word memoir? Mm-hmm. Well, I've written many, and you can write yeah, some exactly. people write thousands. Uh, I'm going to tell you my six, I'm going to tell you my first six word memoir that I of course wrote on deadline as the first book was coming out because I really wasn't sure, which is, is not so good for the radio, but get a visual image, which is big hair. Big heart, big hurry, um, and that's my hair is up and big, and you know I'm in a hurry to do things, and I, I think I have a big heart. Um, and then the uh, the my most kind of recent six word memoir has to do with the fact that I have a son who's about to turn one, and um, I wrote this about the experience of being a father for the first time, parenting colon idiot expert idiot expert idiot. Ah. Oh. Every time you get something down, you're like, I got it. He's like, teething. Oh, what's teething? You know, so, and I've been told by uh, other folks that this continues for about 40 years. So, uh, so even though my son turns one very soon, we're not, I'm not out of the woods, but uh, it is a delight. And, and what's great about a, a, a moment or a six-word memoir is that on, when you put something up that on, on the site, the community is very smart and they're very loving. And as I started writing more personal six-word memoirs, like a lot of people know I run the site, but a lot of people don't. I'm just another guy on the site, Larry yeah. D. Smith. And, but they really responded to the ones that I'm writing about being a parent. And, and I wrote something, was a pinky, now a pacifier. And I put up a little <laughs> photo. You can, you know, and like, they're like oh, and you know, because I didn't know that your pinky turns into your son's pacifier. And they just respond. And it's such an authentic experience to see uh, the community respond. They, re- they just know what's real. They respond. And if you write something that's maybe more of like a, uh, a fortune cookie memoir, you know, the road not taken is, you know, people know. They're like, that's fine, but that's not personal. You, the more personal and honest you go, I think the better any story is, whether it's six words or, you know, 6,000 words. Uh, are you, and let's talk about this from a, from a, a, gl- a more global perspective. You know, there has much been said you, you, as we, you know, have this conversation, much has been said about the pros and cons, the addictions of social media and so forth, Larry, right? But yes. very little has been said uh, or really beautifully written about how this technology, future technology, how things, you know, how a site like yours brings people together. I want to ask you, you know, what is it that you've discovered you know, over these years of being a journalist, a writer, what have you discovered about today's world of technology and communication? So it's, it's a great question. And, you know, I also, I didn't actually 
when I started this site, and then we started a second site called smithteens.com, which is just for teenagers, and that sort of is how I'll answer your question. And I didn't expect to be like a sociologist, and I'm certainly not, <laughs> but when you've watched half a million personal stories come in from people across the world, you absolutely, you, you turn into a little bit of a sociologist, and it is completely amazing. I started Smith with this mission, everyone has a story, what's yours? And I wrote this manifesto about storytelling should be a level playing field and we're all writers just because we don't have a New Yorker, a New York Times bestseller or we're in the New Yorker or a highbrow magazine like Granta. You know, doesn't mean we're not writers and we're going to be writers here and we're going to give you a nice looking place to do it. We're going to treat you like pros because you're our pros. And I wrote this manifesto and I really hoped it was correct. And over the years, it's six years now, the, the community just manifests that mission. You know, they just did wonderful stories in six words and more and, and the most amazing things have happened. So I got a, uh, on community, I want to tell you about community, it's some things I've seen. Um, if a writer writes something, especially if someone's active on the community, if, you, if you're on the community, you hang out and you comment on other people's stories and you, fa- you can favorite a story. I don't believe in ratings. You cannot rate a story one to ten because I feel like no one should get a one. But you can star a story saying, well, I like this. I want to keep this as one of my favorites. Um, and if I had ratings, I'd have much more traffic because ratings always boost traffic, but I refuse to do it. And uh, so if uh, Bevy is a, is a very frequent user on, on Smith, I call her a power user. She's probably written thousands of memoirs. She's on there a lot. And she wrote a six-word memoir about you know, having a stroke. And the community responded. They left her comments, encouraging comments. They wrote memoirs about her. And if you just showed up and you're new to it, it's a little confusing, but then you can, can read them and you can trace back the story of Bevy. Um, I got an email uh, a couple days ago from a mom. And when I get an email from a mom and it starts, my daughter is on Smith Teens or my son is on Smith Teens, you know, it can mean one of two things. Um, they're not supposed to be on there and they're, they're <laughs> supposed to be doing their homework and they're wasting too much time. And, and, and there's zero uh, part of my mind that thinks that what they're doing is, is, is writing more and they're releasing expression and it's all good. I mean, it's just such a loving community. Um, but, you know, if your mom says you can't be on it, that's the way it goes, right? Um, so one time out of ten, it's, and, and my daughter needs to be deleted immediately, she shouldn't have permission, so we, we, we do that. And nine times out of ten, it's this. I just want to thank you. My daughter was um, quiet and reclusive, and, uh, you know, I accidentally saw her Smith Teens memoirs, and, uh, you know, or she showed them to me, and they're really lovely, and, 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 and you know, thank you. And, and by the way, my, her teacher, she brought the book in, her teacher's teaching it in the class. But I'm going to tell you one more thing about community. So I got one of these. My daughter's on Smith Teens emails the other day. And she said, and she's so into it, and we love what she does with the six-word memoirs, that um, for her birthday, we all wrote six-word memoirs for her, and they were on the cake, like icing, Wow. And she sent me a photo of this cake, and there's a cake, and she's got our logo on there. It's pretty good, you know? Um, and it's, and there's six-word memoirs about this girl from her family. And it's like, you know, I popped up this site six years ago. I quit my job. I, you know, I freelanced to make money. I, you know, people thought I was crazy. And six years later, there's a cake with our logo on it and six-word memoirs about this girl from her family. And it's just like, no matter what happens, you know, it, it's a scrappy little existence here. You know, I live in it and I love what I do. But these kinds of things, um, hearing that a, a battered women 
women's shelters using the six-word form to break the ice with people who just don't know how to start talking about what happened to them. These are the things that really make, make it worth it on the, on, the, on the trickier days, you know, on the days when, like, there's tech problems and the site crashes and, and I wish I was making more money, you know. And, and so it's, it's, the community is amazing and, um, and it just continues to really delight me and inspire me. It's a very long answer to your question. I think it's a great answer. And, you know, this is real part of a conversation. For those of you just tuning in, the book is called A Moment. Um, my very special guest, Larry Smith, joining me here today. I want to make sure everybody out there has a website that you can go to. You go to www.smithmag.net. Uh, is that the right place to, to send everybody? It is the That's right place. And from there, you can see the button for the moment. And you can see yeah. at the very top a button for Smith Teens. And, and you can see the button for Six Word Memoirs. And when we come back, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to, I'm going to ask, I'll ask Larry about someone that I had the honor and the pleasure of, uh, of interviewing and actually meeting here re- recently, who's also in the book, Melissa Etheridge. Very, 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 very touching story, one I actually relate to. When we come back, we'll share that story with you. We'll talk about the moments. The question for everyone out there is, you, you guys have a moment. Why not share it? Go to the website, www.smithmag.net. Get a copy of the book. Read some of these stories so that you can, you can clarify those defining moments for yourself. Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. The root cause of disease is not what you think. Doctors are treating the symptoms, not the root cause, because they haven't been trained to do so. Dr. Alex Lloyd has developed a simple technique that has saved thousands of people from lives of frustrating and debilitating illnesses. This technique has been featured on national broadcast and cable television in People, Time, and USA Today. If you are ready to heal and tired of being treated, visit DrAlexHealingCodes.com, where you will find free life-changing information. Imagine a chocolate so decadent that you'd never believe it could be good for you. Align your inner bliss with Mother Nature's magic. The power of cold-pressed cocoa by Shasai, the healthy chocolate. Shasai is everything you ever dreamed healthy should taste like. We combine unprocessed cocoa with acai and blueberry for an unbeatable high-oxidant powerhouse. Shasai, the healthy chocolate. Visit us at lifesaverchocolate.com or call 888-287-2011. Steak Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistic Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit us at drdarvish.com. That's D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. Are you ready for an extraordinary life? Introducing Spectrum Life Design Education. Spectrum seminars and training are intended for you to discover and redesign the core beliefs that generate your life results, circumstances, and experiences by utilizing a synergistic approach to the art of living. Participants are provided with experiential and practical tools that raise their level of consciousness that embrace the whole person, mind, body, heart, and spirit. These principles allow you to transform your ability to engage your authentic yearnings, to profoundly connect with yourself and others, along with maximizing your potential and greatest dreams. 
For more information as well as a course schedule, please visit them at SpectrumLifeDesign.com. That's SpectrumLifeDesign.com. Tune in each Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern for the hit show, Out of the Fog, with Karen Hager, the Fog City Psychic. Spark your spirit and ignite your soul with spiritual conversation and enlightening guests that will help you get clear and catapult you into action. You'll meet metaphysical movers and shakers, intuitives, spiritual visionaries, and more. Want an on-air reading? Karen's down-to-earth style and lively curiosity delivers the compassionate, no-nonsense, intuitive advice that's become her trademark. Visit FogCityPsychic.com and book your reading today get inspired create the life you desire with internationally known radio host and motivational speaker sue london sue inspires millions of people to overcome difficult or traumatic situations in their lives people feel hope courage and are ready to move forward after hearing sue speak book motivational speaker sue london for your next event at asksuelondon.com that's asksuelondon.com Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Hey, everybody. Listen, go to the website smithmag.net. You know, this is a very powerful, I'm going to call it a movement. I don't know what Larry's going to call it, but... I'm going to call it a movement, and the reason I'm going to call it a movement is because it's a much-needed movement for people to be witnessed, for people to have a way to share what these moments are in their lives. I think so often we forget that all of us are here, and, you know, and as my friend Don Miguel says, we're doing the best we can. You know, as one of the four agreements, you ask yourself the question, are you doing the best we can? Yeah. You know, you may not be at the top of your game today for whatever reason, but you are trying like heck. Sometimes you just need to say, this is my moment. This is my life. This is what's going on. And to have a forum like Larry has created is absolutely groundbreaking. So I encourage all of you out there to stand up, have a voice for yourself, because if not you, who? And go to smithmag.net. A lot of information. Click on the book. You'll be able to get a copy of the book. A lot of great stories in here. I mentioned Melissa Etheridge. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but this is an opportunity to become part of something. And, you know, let's take it to the next level. For those of you that are out there and you're wondering, oh, how can I get my children involved in some socially uplifting, you know, social media, look at Larry has created the platform for you. You know, so the ball is in your court. Let's get together and create a vibration that many people talk about 2012 setting the stage for. Larry, thank you for joining me here today. And, you know, for me, I'm very passionate about what you've done. You know, witnessing and having people witness your journey is so important. Sometimes we live in isolation, don't we? We do live in isolation often. I mean, even, even when you're busy in New York City, you know, you can live in internal isolation. And there's a great six-word memoir by a friend of mine. Uh, she does some of the design for Smith Magazine. It's I like hiding in plain sight. And she likes being in this busy city, but she's real quiet. She likes to keep to herself. Yeah. Well, you know, part of this is there's so much shame going on right now. 
um, you know, I, I don't know um, uh, how much you know about me and the shows that I do, but I'll tell you, there, there are many of the listeners call into my shows, and I'm struck by what their stories are and what they're going through. And Melissa Etheridge in this book shared something very personal with you, as she did with me. I mean, you know, I, I did an analysis of her last CD, which I thought was actually beautiful, but a lot of it was about her cancer journey. Let, let's talk a minute about what Melissa said to you. So Melissa Etheridge's moment is, is, is so wonderful because it just it works on just a bunch of levels that, that, that I think mean a lot. So when we asked Melissa Etheridge if she would talk about a life-changing moment, we suspected you know, she would talk about her battle with cancer. And even from there, I thought she might talk about agreeing to sing on the Grammys after she'd just gone through chemotherapy. And, and she did. That's what she wrote about. But from there, it got even more interesting and nuanced. She, she talked about that. Then here's the moment. The moment is she has to decide whether to wear a wig or not on the Grammys. If she doesn't wear a wig, she's made a big decision. She will, her battle with cancer, which people knew about, it will be very, very public. Um, it's an uncomfortable thing for her to go through, perhaps, and even for people to see. And that is a decision. You don't wear that wig on the Grammys. There is no turning back. And, and, and it was a hard decision for her, she writes. She wrestled with it. And if you watch, uh, she sung Janis Joplin's Take a Piece of My Heart. And if you watched it on YouTube, what's so amazing about that moment is so many millions of people have had their own moment watching that video. Whether you've had cancer, you know someone with cancer, battled something else, whether it's a health disease or something else, the courage she exhibits, you know, she is just saying, I am here. And she is singing and she is singing well. And she is all right in front of us. And setting the stage to say... I'm not my disease. You know, I, I mean, what, what, what we have in our society, and you know this, Larry, you know, we're so geared upon how we look and appearance and, and the stigma and the fear around breast cancer. And, and, you know, to take a stand like that, of course, it was Melissa Etheridge, correct? You know, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. We are talking, you know, if anybody is going to do something like that, it was going to be her. Um, and it's interesting. I'm a little bit of a, you know, sometimes I know that some of the, uh, the very frequent uh, sixers, we call them, on, on Smith <laughs> Magazine. You know, I, what I do is I, I just, when I wake up in the morning, I, I feed the cats, I give the baby a bottle, and I, uh, and I pick this 10 six-word memoirs of the day, and uh, 10 six-word to feature, and then one of the day, and, and then, I, then I go from there. And, and I'm definitely like, you know, uh, for whatever reason, lately there's been a lot of really interesting ones about about, um, about health issues. And yes. the six-word memoir of the day, I think two days ago was, and I want to get it right because I'll say it and it'll be seven words and people, wait a minute, that's seven words, <laughs> which was, uh, my son's autism broke and, son's autism broke and rebuilt me. Wow. Son's autism broke and rebuilt me. You know, just so, just such a, such a, there's just a ton going on there. And then, you know, you go to the next six-word memoir and it says, Groupon therapist, probably not best choice. You know, that's, that's a very funny six-word memoir and a very modern six-word memoir. And then something else is something like this, got Facebook to connect with daughter or not good for my age, great. 
Yeah. So things like that. And that's just the, the range. But really just when someone is, uh, you know, they share a six-word memoir about their son's autism, or uh, I don't know if I can say what the six-word memoir is of the day today. It's also about, uh, you know, a health issue because it has a little bit of a, a profanity, not too bad, a little profanity in it, but it's a six-word memoir of the day on smithmag.net. You can see for yourself. It's just completely funny a little tragic and life, you know, which is life. And sometimes people write about the most hardest things in life, but they do it with a wink and like, a, you know what, it is hard, but I'm going to smile and move on and keep going. And that those are some of the most courageous stories in six words and more. Well, you know, this is, this is part of being able to, I, and I love that people are able to do this. You know, I love that people are able to, to capture in six words, not seven words, not five words, six words. You, be, you well, know, six, to be able six, to share six these is things. It's a little magical. Six yeah, it comes is. From, you know, just, just to give the backstory in case many people don't know it, I know yeah. it all too well, but uh, there's a legend, a literary legend, that Ernest, Heming- Ernest Hemingway was once challenged to write a, a whole novel in just six words. And legend, there's a bar bed evidently, but no one can really prove it, and I've tried. And so as the story goes, he wrote, for sale, baby shoes never worn. And that, that story was when I was you know, thinking about different story prompts um, five years ago. Uh, I, so I mentioned the legend. I said, well, let's try a memoir. That's a novel. Might have happened, might not have. But let's try a memoir. And my co-editor at the time, Rachel Fersleiser, Googled six-word memoir. And she's like, no one used it. Let's do it. And we, it was a one-month contest. Uh, we would give away an iPod to the, the best one. And, you know, I would go buy the iPod at the Apple store. There was no sponsorship. And uh, it, people went nuts. And they just, they just revealed these amazing six-word life stories. And, and then it's five years later. We obviously didn't stop it because it was just people were having a blast and, and, and getting a lot out of it. Uh, so it's, it's, it's the parameter of having to find your life in just six words. It's nice to have an origin story, the Hemingway legend. And and it's the fact that if you write six words you don't like it, write six more. Teenagers, I kid you not, six, seven, eight thousand six-word memoirs. They treat it as a daily diary, just commenting on their lives. Um, you know, let me read three for you um, from, a, from teens. Yeah. Fearless in audition, cowering at rehearsal. Wow. Amazing when someone likes you back. You know, whether you're 15 years old or 55, it is amazing when someone likes you back. Uh, here's another one. Great from a teen. Don't mind me. I'm a freak. You know what? That is so interesting. I was at a very, very tar- tough point. I love that. Don't you love our young people right now? My, my nephew, <laughs> I, love my, I love my nephews. They're a kick because they're, yeah. they're a vision into my future, my nephew boys. Uh, my, my, one of my nephews, Noah, he's, he's 12. And he said, well, I don't, this person, she's kind of a weirdo. And I said, you know what, Noah? Eventually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back with six word, a six-word memoir that I read from a teenager. Finally learned that weird is a compliment. When you get older, weird is cool. But I understand because I was 12 once too, you know, and it's just, it's just all that, like the wisdom of kids stuff. And I'm a dad now, so I'm a big sucker with a soft heart. But, like, it is true. And I see the wisdom of teenagers every day on Smith Teens. They, they just they knock me out. Yeah, and you know it is it is incredible. I, I we're very fortunate here at the Dr. Pacho because, you know, I I we have such a blend of of generations. We have multi generational, three generations that work on the show, you know, which I think is completely fun. 
you know, to have that span uh, of people uh, come together on the one roof and, you know, understand a common cause that we're all and committed. And you have, a, you have such a great perspective, uh, like three, three generations of focus groups right there, perspectives and point of views. It is very fun. I mean, honestly, that's why I'm taking hip-hop lessons. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so, but this journey and what you've done is for, you know, at least for me personally, it does give people a venue, a way to express themselves. You know, in a world right now, Larry, where we're saying that that, that, that level of expression doesn't exist much. And let's talk about that for a second. Um, someone was asking me what it was like to grow up in the 60s and to be the activist that I was growing up. You know, people were asking me about that. Uh, and um, I'm doing a lot of interviews these days, which is different being on the other side of things. Sure, and they, yeah. were, they were asking me w- w- what it was like. And I remember, you know, when I was asked that question, um, I jokingly said, well, I got to go brawless for the first time in my life and realized that, you know, going brawless isn't for people with big breasts. Maybe and that's your moment. That, I, <laughs> that's one of them. It's one of them. And what I was referring to was the burning of the bra movement. You know, I mean, many young people don't even know that. Do you know that, Larry? That many do, young women do, do yeah. not know that. Don't know. When you mention Gloria Steinem's name, many people don't know who that is. Hey, you know, I, um, I met Gloria Steinem, and this is what yeah. happens when, when I meet someone famous. Yeah. I ask them if they would do a six-word memoir. And, of course, Gloria Steinem, a total hero, and, and it's an honor to meet her. And uh, she did. And it's this. Life is one big editorial meeting. meeting. Life is one big editorial meeting. That is a Gloria Steinem story in a way. I love that. That is Gloria Steinem, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and it's fascinating, you know, to be able to have, you know, you and I are very fortunate in this way. I had never really, I had never seen myself here doing what I'm doing. I, it just wasn't anything that was on my plate. I, I'm, from, I'm from Jersey, and so, of course, I work for the telephone company. Um, I was homeless at 17, you know, uh, and so I look at my life and I think, there are a series of moments. Now that I've read your book, I now look at my life differently. You know, of course it's a journey, as many of us are on. But there are so many moments that, that each of us get to point to where we either can become the victor or the victim. And I was really struck by that. You know, how... How have you captured that in the book? Because so many of these stories in here really have put people in. If I'd have said no, I'd be here. Right. It's so interesting. interesting. You know, there's, there's so many ways to, 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 to take that question. And I'll talk about a story called Forgiven, because it really is about a, a victor and a victim and, and a weird twist. And so a woman named Jennifer Thompson, who's written her own book with, with a guy named Ronald Cotton called Picking Cotton. And the story is this, Jennifer... Uh, was raped, and she, uh, there was a trial, and she, uh, Ronald Cotton was convicted of, of raping her and sent to prison for a very long time, and it was the best day of her life when that happened. And uh, DNA testing and proving and things like this, well, it was revealed years later that, in fact, he, he didn't do it. And 
and that was, you know, just so many things going on. And then they figured out, you know, who did? It was somebody else who was already, already in prison. He'd been picked up for something else. And so in the moment called Forgiven, Ronald Cotton and Jennifer Thompson meet. And in that moment, what Ronald Cotton said was, I forgive you. Mm. And, wow. you know, most of us won't go through something that dramatic in terms of, you know, meeting someone who you've just, you know, and she, she didn't mean to put him in, but she, you know, they thought they were doing the right thing. Um, the, the evidence, you know, things pointed that way. It, 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 she thought that was him. And, um, but, and now they're truly best friends, but we will all have a moment when, can you forgive someone? Can, can Ronald Cotton forgive Jennifer Thompson? Yes. Can Jennifer, Cot- Jennifer Thompson sort of really just forgive herself, you know? And, and that's dramatic, but and whether, and Aaron Huey, he's, he's a war photographer and he, in his moment called, if I don't die today, I will marry you, Kristen Moore. His moment is about a gut check. If he survives the bombs, he's under attack in Afghanistan, he's going to finally ask the woman he's been just, you know, he's just been not getting off his butt and saying, I want to spend my life with you. He's been uncommittal. You know, guys can be that way. I guess women can too. And so, not to give it away, but he lives, and there's a beautiful photo in the book, and the book does have some photos and illustrations of them getting married on top of a tank in Afghanistan. And so we won't all be in a war zone, hopefully. We won't all have something so dramatic as Ronald Cotton and Jennifer Thompson, but there's a moment when you take a gut check. There's a moment when you learn to forgive, and there are much more, and you won't get called by, at 3 a.m. by Hunter S. Thompson, as Cheryl De La Patra did in a, a piece called Gonzo Girl, and have to decide at 3 a.m., do you want to sh- get on a plane tomorrow to be his assistant for a job you applied for, and not knowing he would call at 3 a.m. and say, can you get out here tomorrow? And, you know, the answer was yes. You do. So these calls, these moments, these gut checks, we all have them. We have some very dramatic moments in this book. We have some very sweet, calm moments. And, and, and I think that you can relate to, to, the, to, to both types of moments. Absolutely, because I think, you know, the, you know, the world is filled with these various energies that all make up, you know, the journey and the paths and the places that we go. Uh, forgiveness uh, is a, a very, very, very significant um, energy in itself. You know, I had the honor last year to interview uh, the 2011 Heroes of Forgiveness. I don't know if you heard about these two guys, Matthew Boger and Tim Zoll. Uh And I was very struck by this. Matthew, of course, was a young gay teen in L.A., and Tim Zoll was a skinhead that beat him near death. And to have these two then come back together later in life, uh, know who each other is, uh, meet very serendipitously, and then build a campaign together around forgiveness. And ultimately, last year, win the Heroes of Forgiveness Award. I mean, isn't it interesting how the universe works, how there are no mistakes in things? And, And the other thing that I think you really see in the book is that we know intellectually and instinctually that people change, but living in the moment-to-moment day-to-day, it's hard to know when those changes happen within ourselves. You just sort of look up and you change. You've evolved. And and there's a a through line, I think, where a lot of people, when when their moment is looking back to a time in third grade when a a teacher threw a chalk at a kid's head out of frustration and the writer A.J. Jacobs realized 
adults can really mess up too. First time he had that revelation. Uh, there's a moment when a, a, a grandson learns about, pretty frankly, disappointment from his grandfather and, and, right. and something that happens. And, and, and you don't know that disappointment exists. You don't know that if you're a young girl as Molly Lawless was and really, really want the Red Sox to win in 1986, the World Series, no matter how much you wish it, it doesn't always come true. So young people, looking back on your young lives, you realize, well, this is when I learned that the universe maybe was not exactly fair or that like, the, we cannot always make things happen the way we want to. But then some of the older moments, folks that are like looking at things that happened, um, Diane Ackerman, uh, one of our famous writers also, she writes about uh, her husband, Paul West's stroke. And in this moment that she writes about, it's about they had this perfect marriage, and she, you know, she thought that it was all kind of fall apart. Life was over as she knew it. But her moment is really about, about how things change and about, you know, to quote Leonard Cohen, that, you know, the, the crack in the bell is how the light gets in. And when you're older, you realize that life is sort of tough, but actually, you know, it, it's a cliche, but it does, the tough stuff can make, you, can make you stronger. And when you're younger, perhaps you realize that, like, wow. Life can be disappointing, and yet you move on and you grow up. Well, I love this conversation, and I have to tell you, I, you know, Larry, thank you uh, so much for what you've done. And I love what you said earlier because you and I are really not uh, very far apart in the work that we do. It isn't about the ratings. It's not about how many people, uh, according to Google, come to your site or, you know, check on what you're doing. It really is about wholeheartedly stepping into life with the full expression of love. And I want to thank you for doing what you do. And I thank well, you I so much. I appreciate that. And I try, not to, I try not to get too impressed with myself, but when, when, I, when I get emails from teachers and they say they're using the stuff we do on the site in their classroom and I hear from people who, where it's got them writing and it's life-changing, I feel very good about what I do. And I just think, you know, it's provide a nice platform for people, let them do what they, they're going to do, be responsive and, you know, hope for the best. And, and hopefully the... You know, they buy the books and they share them at book clubs and take them out of the library. I don't care. You know, I guess I do want you to buy the book. But uh, it's, it's a catalyst. And, and, well, and, and, yeah. Yeah. And we want, and I, we want, I want conversations to, buy the to start. Book. We really do. I want we want people, people to, to start conversations. Okay, I appreciate that. I, I want people to buy the book. And more importantly, I would love for all of you out there that have listened to today's show, go to the website, um, as we mentioned before, and get involved. I mean, think about this for those of you out there that are teachers. What if you were to now take this as a movement into your classroom? What if this was a way to inspire and capture young people, people that, you know, many of us don't think of having this kind of conversation with? You know, this is a, such an important project. Larry, thank you for joining me here today. I so appreciate you. Dr. Pat, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you having me. Well, I hope you'll come back and we'll do part two, okay? Anytime. And I'm going to put my story up. Yes, we will feature that tomorrow. Look for Dr. Pat on smithmag.net. I would love that. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. Please go to the website, smithmag.net. Uh, get yourself involved. And let's all remember who we are. We are amazing. We are the very essence of the word epic. And I am not going to let you forget it this year. Despite what goes on around you, despite what you think your economic condition is, all of that is an illusion. Join us this year moving forward with the Dr. Pacho and Transformation Talk Radio to change your life for the better and help another change theirs. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today for the Dr. Pat Show. 
talk radio to thrive by. The Dr. Pat Show can be heard live every Thursday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific on voiceamerica.com and Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. on KKNW AM 1150. So join Dr. Pat live or listen 24-7 at www.thedrpatshow.com. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Our hosts are setting a new standard for a fresh kind of talk radio, creating conversations that are transforming the world, one listener at a time. Transformation Talk Radio's mission is to broadcast a distinct blend of live talk radio interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational and practical information. Topics range from personal development to critical issues relevant to a rapidly changing world. Stay tuned. Transformation Talk Radio starts at the top of every hour.
Listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Don't touch that dial. We'll be beginning a brand new show at the top of the hour with one of our amazing hosts. Transformation Talk Radio. Talk radio to change the world.